Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. He's the author of Irish the Red, whom we are going to discuss today, and rather a hidden figure in the Viking saga and the... Of course, I want to begin with how do you stumble upon this guy? Because, like you said, he's kind of hidden from history. And as you mentioned in the book, he's kind of just 40 lines, more, more or less written, a mini saga, in other words. So, how did you man? You were going to write about a different person, but how did you stumble upon this guy of all places? And I forgot to say, by the way, this, my guest is Einstein Morton. I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce you there, but uh, <laughs> let's, let's begin with. How did you stumble upon Eric the Red, or Eric Rode, as it's known in Norwegian? Well, I, I wrote a book um, some years ago, some years ago about about the king uh, Olaf Tryggvason, uh, Christianized Norway, and um, and this guy uh, Leiv Eriksson from Greenland. He was uh, in his, um, he was one of his uh, men, and. Uh, Olaf Tryggvason, he sent this live, and he, he was the son of Eric the Red, who discovered Greenland. He sent him to Greenland to Christianize Greenland. And of course, he drifted off course and discovered um, America instead. So um, as a follow-up of that book, I, I, I wanted to write about uh, Vinland. That was the, uh, the expression they, they, they call this land west of Greenland. That we call America, and um, but I, first I had to find something out about Greenland and the Norse colony in Greenland, because that that was the starting point of the Vinland expeditions, and uh, then I had to to read about and try to figure out who was the father of uh, Leif the Lucky. They, they call him in in, in English. Eric the Red, and um, and then the material just grew out. So so I had to to, to write a book about uh, Eric the Red first. Hmm. And what what do you think make it just that because it's in this discovery and you use that rather there's two words you, as you mentioned in the beginning as well that that you use rather ironically that is uh, discovery and writing. So quote unquote, how did he yeah, what do you think makes him so unknown since the discovery of Greenland is rather significant in history? Um, in one way, Greenland, it's a part of America. Hmm. See, when you discover Greenland, you discover America. Right. Geographically, is no doubt about that, and culturally as well. But discovered, you know, in, in Greenland, it's been living people there for thousands and thousands of years. Mm. So <laughs> when you say you discover it, mm. it, it's 
just from an European point of view. Right. And 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 they they settled in an area of Greenland that was uh, with no people at the time. This was in uh, 980, in the 980s. So and uh, but Greenland today is a kind of a nowhere place. Um, it's. Uh, it's only 50,000 people living there. It's a remote part of Denmark. Mm. So um, it, it, you don't reckon it as this discovery of America, mm. which it is. So that's why um, I think uh, Eric the Red is not that important. Yes. But when his son, Live Eriksson, uh, comes to Canada, it, it's much more important because it's, Canada is so much more important for us today than Greenland. Right, but Greenland, um, yeah, it, it, it's a uh, it's the world's largest island, but um, no population almost. And yeah, I, th I think that that that's why I think mm. if uh, Eric the Red had just uh, crossed over to Canada, he, he would have been uh, the great fig figure here. I think so. Well, and another thing is that some some says that that he. Um, it, it was not possible to be proud of this Eric the Red because he was a serial killer. Mm. But I think that, that is very wrong. If you call him a serial killer, you haven't understood the sagas uh, at all. Right, and let's start with that because as you mentioned in again in, in the introduction, he was he does seem kind of like a troublemaker if he managed to get expelled from two different countries uh, at the time. But let's begin with Norway and his banishment from Norway. What because it starts with a murder, as you mentioned. It's only one sentence in the saga. It says oh, half a sentence. It says something about this. It says that uh, Eirik and his father, Thorvald, they were involved in, um, in Norse Viga Sakar. Uh, and it, it means that they were involved in some killings. That's all. Mm. Uh, and and then, then you have to find out what kind of people is this? Mm. Uh, and you have to follow their ancestors. And you see, this is the chieftains of Norway, big people. And if they are and, and killing people, it, it, it's you know this is a, it's a society without a state, no police. So you have to be able to kill people to defend yourself and your family and your honor. Of um, and you have, you have to defend your honor. Uh, you have to be respected. If 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 someone uh, tries to um, humiliate you. You have to strike back, and you have to strike hard mm. to to build your own honor. So when these people, chieftains, are involved in killings, it just means uh, uh, there's a struggle for uh, for power in this right. part of Norway, in the southwestern Norway, and uh, and 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 they lose this struggle, and they then have to mm. leave Norway. Because of their honor, they don't want to be humiliated and, and be underneath other chieftains. Right. So, uh, uh, because uh, it's, it's about keeping your honor and keeping your freedom. And that's why they leave. They sell their farm, they leave for Iceland. 
Well, was it shameful and, to leave for a different country at the time, or did it just was it was it like kind of like start start of something new, a new beginning? Yeah, this is the land taking hmm. area uh, period. So, so you, you what people from Norway did if they if they lost some battles or duels or or lost their freedom in Norway, they, these were rich people. They could go out in big Viking ships and uh, to areas out in the Atlantic mm. with uh, with no population, and they could take land because mm. there were no one there before. Free real estate. So, so, so yeah, it's, and and they uh, in Iceland they it's this uh, they call them landnomsmen, um, land taking men. Mm. And they could take land um, uh, thousands of uh, kilometers mm. and, and, and uh, claim it their own. And they could start from zero. And, 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 and together, all these chieftains, they form a, a free state without a king. Right. No one over them. And, and they cooperate in, in, uh, in, uh, in the thing. And in, in, in the parliament, and they, they got a loose kind of parliament in in Iceland. So, um, so these are not poor people. These are not serial killers. These are not criminals. They just lose their the struggle for power in Norway. Uh, but this is in uh, when they leave uh, from Norway, Eric the Red and his father Turval. I think it is uh, around uh, 960. Uh, right. And, um, and it's most of Iceland is taken then mm. by other chieftains. So they, they take some land uh, far up in the, in the north, mm. in the northwest, um, an area we, we call Strandir mm. or Hul Strandir. Um, I, I, in, in, the, in the book I write about uh, me and my son, we try to get up there, but it, but it's no roads today and mm. um, it's no electricity. No one lives up there today. Mm. Um, so so, so it, was, it was too hard. It, this was in the winter. We tried to walk up there, but it was, uh, we ended up in the blizzard. And, <laughs> and this was right to, before COVID as well. So you had to yeah. really limit the time up there. Yeah. We tried to get there. It was just some, 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 some days before they closed the country. Mm. So this is far up north um, in 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 Iceland, and um, with very strong winters. So uh, that's that's where it started. His, uh, I think he must have been. He was involved in killings. Um, in in Norway with his father, and uh, when they write that, he must have, uh, uh, be more than twelve years old mm. to be involved in killings in in uh, in a legal sense. So I think he was probably maybe fifteen years old when they moved mm. from um, southwestern Norway to Iceland. And it's worth mentioning too that twelve years old was considered adult, and you were an adult at the time in the Viking Age at that age so he was considered more or less a man at that era yes because he he, he could be punished for for killing a man mm. when he was more than 12 years old um 
but 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 again often it, it was just to 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 pay off say yes it was me um and uh, you have to pay a fine for the killing and it was okay so um yes he was so a grown-up he was at least 12 years old when, when they moved from norway to iceland so how how when they arrive in iceland and first i want to ask what, what would the journey be like for, for traveling from because you when you took that went there you took the ferry but it, and it took significantly shorter than than with a Viking ship. So, but how long time did it take for a Viking ship to reach from Norway to Iceland? And I actually discussed this with my family as well before when I was younger. That the continental shift must have been different back then as well, right? So we had to take that into consideration. Was there much difference in continental movements at all compared to a thousand years later, like today? <laughs> well. If you take the ferry today, if you take it with a car from from Denmark now, mm. uh, then uh, to Iceland, uh, it's more or less the same route, and it's a bit quicker. But uh, the way they did it was to 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 go from land to land because they so first they would cross over to to Shetland and would take them about. I think, uh, uh, well, in the book, and, um, two days, um, about 40 hours, something like that. Mm. So not, not too far, really. If you were go to from southwestern Norway, uh, Rogaland, and um, into Viken, to Oslo, it would be a, a lot further. Mm. So it was not considered that long. You could do it in 40 hours. No big deal. And of course, only in summer, not in winter, not in the winter storm. You, you would never sail. Only in summer. And um, the sea probably was, was, uh, was better in summer in, in 960 than, than today. So um, it, it would be easier in, in that sense. And from Shetland, you crossed over to the Faroe Islands. And uh, another, I guess, uh, more or less the same distance. So another 40 hours, 30, 40 hours. And th then the long crossing would be from the Faroe Islands over to Iceland. Um, so uh, maybe something like 48, uh, 50, 60 hours, something like that. So three, four uh, days, more or less. Yeah, well, I could probably you would use uh, six days. I guess five or six, uh, five or six days. So, um, but it it was not considered that far, really. Uh, the problem was that you, you could, you have to, or could you had you had to orient yourself uh, by the sun, by the stars, uh, by following the wind, the waves. Also, but but if it was a, a storm and uh, very foggy, you could drift off. It was quite quite normal, so uh, you could end up anywhere. So it was very risky, not that far, but very very risky. Mm. And, so uh, oh. so it uh, but it, a lot of people did this all the time. Merchants they they would go from Iceland to Norway every year. Mm. So in 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 nine sixty. This was not considered something very special mm -hmm. uh, because uh, 
then Iceland was populated and, and they needed uh, needed uh, um, these merchants to, to go uh, back and forth from uh, from Norway all the time. Right. So how, what did they do when they first settled in Iceland? Because they, I mean, we'll get there eventually, but they do get in trouble there as well, which is why they had to move again. But let's talk about their time in Iceland first. Yes, uh, they 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 take land and they settle in a farm called the Drangar, which is still exists, but it, but it's uh, only used in the summer now. Um, the only thing we know about this period is that uh, his father died there. Mm. As it, only one sentence in in the saga of uh, Eric the Red. But it's far up north, and they, they might have been must have been hunting, fishing. Um, a lot of these things. Maybe they hunted the walrus, whales, uh, things like that. And and uh, probably, I would guess, Eric the Red. He lived there until he was twenty-five years old. From from fifteen, twelve, fifteen until twenty-five years old. Mm. But um, we don't know much about that. When his father dies, he moves south to the Breidafjordur region and to a valley called the Haukadalur. Um, it's it's uh, in, 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 um, in the big fjord in western Iceland and a, a valley just beneath the fjord. Uh, and he marries a, a woman called Sudhil. And uh, then they, uh, they settle in a farm on the land of his father-in-law, who is a chieftain in, in, in the area. Yeah. Um, so and uh, he can still visit his house because they, they found um, the remainders of his house and they built a copy of it. And it's called Eiriks Stadir. So he, he's, he's not a big man. He's not a big house either. Mm. Uh, and he just uh, had to, to borrow some land from his father-in-law, who is a quite big chieftain. And mm. um, uh, then the trouble starts because this is a society with slaves. So his slaves, he says, uh, starts a landslide who more or less crush an, uh, one of his neighboring farms. And um, it kills a man, kills one of his neighbors. I it's assume this wasn't intentional. This was unintentional murder in murders. Uh, I think it must, must have been just an accident. Mm. So... Uh, but then another neighbor, which is the cousin of the man who got killed in the landslide, he uh, kills Eric's slaves. And that's when the trouble starts. Um, and I have to say, this is nothing to do with being a criminal or a serial killer or something. Uh, more or less, Eric, uh, uh, he does what it was. What is he supposed to do? Because when his slaves are killed, these people, they are on, on um, uh, comparable to, to animals. Right. If you, if you kill a slave, you have to, have to re re replace it. Uh, you have to, have to uh, pay a fine, the, the same price as the slave. And uh, this neighbor, he's supposed to do that within three days. He, to come with the silver or and anything that you could replace Eric's slaves. Mm. But his neighbor, who is called Eyjolfur, 
he says that no i won't pay the fine because it was my right to kill your slaves because they killed my relative hmm. and then to protect his own honor eric he's he's just he um, it's not possible for him just to sit still and say okay because he's got to protect himself his hmm. family uh and if people start saying oh he's it's just weak you could just kill his slaves you could do anything with this man and then he's just borrowed some land from his uh some from his father-in-law so he's got to strike back so he goes over to Eyjolfur, his neighbor and says you have to pay and um right. probably an argument it ends with that eirik he kills this man his neighbor and and then then the family of the two killed men um the one from the landslide and his cousin they have to strike strike back mm. <laughs> you know uh, they have to revenge this and and, uh, and they do it by by uh, by hiring a man called um Holmgangsraven and Holmgang it is a form of duel in uh, this period when 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 two men that transported to a small island in a lake or a river or something and they fight each other until first blood or into, until death and um, they are transported to this small island in the river Eirik uh, the red and and this uh, this uh, hired man Holmgangsraven and um, Eirik kill him he, he kills him uh, but then he's um, uh, on, uh, on 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 um, a meeting. After that, he's uh, he's an, he's got a sentence over him that he's an outlaw from Haukadalir. Right. He, he's got to disappear from the valley. He, he can't stay at his home anymore. Uh, so so he leaves with his men. And then he takes land out in in in, in the big fjord in Breida Fjordur. He takes two islands out there, mm. but uh, that also means that he's he's uh, he's uh, uh, involved in some trouble because he he takes these two islands. I think because <laughs> uh, there's a quarrel between some chieftains about this area in mm. the fjord who owns it so he, he involves uh, himself in um, in another quarrel and uh, and um, um, well it's quite complicated but uh, the, the first the first fall he winter is coming when he's thrown out of haukadalur and uh, he's he, try, he tries to establish himself on the islands, but he doesn't got time to, to, to build a house. So you have to borrow a house of another chieftain. And, um, and uh, he's taking <clears throat> um, some, um, some uh, very valuable uh, logs uh, that it belongs to his Eirik's uh, high seat. And the other chieftain said, yeah, you can borrow my house, but then I need your logs. I have to mm. take them uh, as, a, as a safety. 
And uh, uh, when you come back, you don't need my house anymore. I uh, I will bring the, uh, give you your your high seat logs um, back again. And uh, Eric, he he built a house on his own island, and then um, then the 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 year after he wants these logs back. But then the chieftain, the elder chieftain, he, he says no, you're not getting them. And it's it's quite mysterious why, but it's got to be something about uh, a quarrel about who who owns these islands. Uh, but then Eirik he takes his logs, and um, and he he he, uh, he goes down to the fjord. But then uh, the chieftain, um, so he comes after him with his sons and his men, and uh, there's a battle, and Eirik um, he wins this battle and he kills uh, two of the sons of the chieftains, chieftain, and. Um, and that's why he's uh, after that it's he's uh, he's uh, thrown out he's, of Iceland in in the in the thing meeting he he's sentenced to uh, being an outlaw hmm. that is he's outside the law and uh, uh, anyone could kill him hmm. and anyone who kills him is very honorable and uh, it's forbidden to help him it's forbidden to help to help him to go anywhere. So often these people being outlaw for that was for three years, they would just go up in in in, in the mountains or just uh, hide away in a cabin or, or something like that. So uh, because you you were sentenced to 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 living outside society. And it seems rather well, fair though, considering he was the one who was agitated and he had kind of in quote rights to the kind of kill this man but he's the one who gets punished for it it seems kind of a little bit unfair not gonna, not gonna lie to you yeah, yeah but this is this is not a fair society this is mm. a struggle between chieftains and it's about uh, who's got the most, most power uh, who's going to win a war if you start a war and uh, right. and they, they 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 meet in this um, this Tusnes uh, thing, which uh, is kind of a local parliament, uh, and it, it's not about uh, what is fair. It's what, 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 what it's it's about where the power is. Right. Uh, so, um, 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 this chieftain that uh, Eirik has killed his son, he's got very powerful friends, hmm. and that was what it's all about. And he and me, he may say that uh, uh, Eirik he took these islands, but he had no right to them mm. because one of these islands were mine, uh, and he had just to stand up for himself, right? Because uh, his view of it, it, it would be, uh, I, I cannot take this man Eirik. He is a stranger. He was thrown out of Haukadalur. I can just let him take these islands just outside my fields. Mm. Uh, so I, he too had to protect his own honor. Mm. And his friends were more powerful than Eirik's friends. And right. when they meet at the local parliament, that's, then you think, okay, if you start a war here, who's going to win? Mm. <laughs> and say, oh, uh, the other chieftain, 
he's going to win. Okay, then we just try to settle it because we don't want to start a war. Hmm. So this is, me, this, is, yeah. this is this is how democracy works in this period. Hmm. It's got more or less nothing to do with democracy in in our days. So so then then um, the problem now is he's thrown out of Norway and he's thrown out of Iceland. But all the time he, he just tried to do what uh, what is expected of a man <clears throat> or a big man in this area. So in one way he did nothing wrong. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, he then thinks that well they they, they um, and this is very important not just for him but also for his sons. He now he's now got uh, two sons, uh, the famous Live and uh, Torstein, the oldest one. And when they are going to present themselves, they will say, "Who are you? I will am live, uh, uh, son of uh, of uh, Eirik the Red, the son of uh, etc." Mm. And I will put Eirik the Red. Oh, the man who is got totally humiliated, thrown out of Norway, thrown out of Iceland, didn't make it anywhere, thrown out of Haukadalir, and mm. and this was would, would would have been so disgraceful for his sons and his grandsons. So he had to do something. Right to uh, protect and and raise his own honor, and uh, but is his sons what... as well when he's outlawed? Are they immediately followed as outlaws as well, or are they kind of no, uh, outside? No. It's it's um, it says in the sentence that it's uh, Eirik um, and his men, and that's that's his. Um, uh, uh, that means he's, he's himself and uh, his closest men, the workers on his farm mm. um, and, and the man who was involved in this small battle with the chieftain in, uh, in Breida Fjordur. Right. So it's probably Eirik himself and maybe 10, 12 men, something like that. Mm. And they are all outlawed for three years. Uh, and then it is that Eirik, he has heard, and all the all the people has heard about uh, something they called um, uh, the Gunbjörn Scaries. It's a story about a Norwegian. He was he was visiting his uh, brother in Iceland, and uh, he drifted, of course, and ended up far over the sea to the west, and he was stranded on some Scaries. And then, then when 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 um, when the, when the storm was over, he um, he tried to sail straight east to hit Iceland again. Mm. But then when it just started, uh, the fog was racing, and he saw it was a big land behind him, and that was Greenland, mm. and that was America. So, so, so this uh, Gunbjörn Ulfsson, he's the first man man discovering America, really. Mm. If you call it America geographical, so, so it wasn't a coincidence that he came and stumbled upon. He just didn't accidentally just oh, let's just sail somewhere and hope he stumbled upon some unknown land. He just no. kind of uh, he knew about it. He was aware of the yeah, island. and he he knew where to sail because this Gunbjörn said I I from this scaries uh, in front of the big land in, in the west I sailed um, uh, straight east. And then after some days, I saw um, uh, Snafelsjökull, 
at a famous volcanic mountain in the west of Iceland. It's snow capped mm. uh, and you can see it from from something like 200 kilometers out in sea. It's a landmark. Mm. So uh, Eric knew if, that if he started by this volcanic mountain and sailed straight west, and he could uh, he could um, he could uh, see uh, um, uh, how high the the sun was uh, over the horizon. He, he could measure uh, that that he, that he could follow the same. Um, the same height in 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 in, in the map, uh, and he could go straight to the west from this mountain. And in you, he would discover this new country. Uh, yeah. And it was also a, a, another man called Snebjorn Galte. Just some years before, he had been to this this country, Greenland, and he spent actually spent a winter on the east coast of uh, of Greenland. So, so he knew was someone there, something there, but he didn't know if, if it was uh, possible to live there because Snebjorn Galte, who was the second cousin of his um, of Eirik's uh, wife, Sjodil, he said it's only snow and ice. We had no food for our animals. Hmm. So, um, when Eirik hit the country, he just followed the coast to the south. Uh, and as it says in, in one sentence in the saga, that, that he would try to look for <laughs> a place it, it was possible to live. Mm. And then, of course, he crossed over to the west side of Greenland. And um, he, he, he would find there the, the green fjords, mm. which is today um, what they call the southern Greenland. And, and the fjords there are more or less, I, I've been there uh, in and out in all these fjords, and it's more or less like in, in, in southwestern Norway. It, right. it, for, for Eirik the Red, it would have been, um, would have been like coming home to his, uh, um, to his childhood Norway. So, um, and that's also why he called it Greenland. And it is in the summer. It is a green land. We could have thousands of sheep uh, uh, out, out on the fields um, in, in, in southwestern Greenland. Mm. So, but it was only one ship and he stayed away for three years because it was, he was an outlaw in three years from, from Iceland. And uh, he built up a farm in, in the southwest in, in uh, what is then, then called Eiriksfjord. And uh, his farm was in Brattalid. But um, these three years, he himself he was not too interested in the farming life in the south. Because he spent his time going further and further up north. All right. the way up to, up to, uh, up to the, the, the disco island. Uh, up to uh, and uh, even further north, up to uh, 71 degrees north, uh, into the ice. And um, before then, uh, all the historian, historians have said that, well, it, it, this must have been a bluff. He must have been interested in, in, in the farming life in the south. And it's, it's just, uh, they don't know why should he, because going from from uh, his farm in the south, Brattalid, up to the Disco Island, is like going from in Norway today from Oslo up to North Cape. Right. It's it's very long, and 
no one's been there before. Um, but I, but I think it's it, it was to find the the, the walrus and the ivory from from the walrus. And because, uh, as, as is mentioned, I think it's worth mentioning as well that in and this is mentioned repeatedly in the Black Viking, but which I'm uh, trying to read at the moment. And it's worth mentioning that walrus was one of the biggest biggest uh, businesses, so to speak, in the Viking Age, with sale to our to Europe and the rest of Europe because when the Muslims took over the North Africa, they closed kind of the sale for elephant, but I don't, yep. I don't remember the English word for it, but you know, the mammoth, not mammoth teeth, but the elephant teeth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, so Wales became one of the biggest businesses in, in the Viking Age for the Vikings to sell to the rest of Europe. Yes, because, because there was um, um, this uh, ivory from yeah, the that's, a, that's it. Yeah, uh, it's um, it's it's like um, uh, someone uh, scientists they compare this to plastic in a in our day hmm. because it's a uh, it's very plastic. You could form it very easily and it's very strong. So to to making sculptures, to making uh, or chess pieces, for instance, you would use this ivory. And and then 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 they closed the the exploitation from 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 Africa, and they they had to replace it. And they found the the walrus teeth tusks, mm. uh, and um, and and they, they also called that one that ivory as from the elephant. Right. And they they replaced it uh, successfully with that material. And and in the Black Viking, they 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 hunt down all the walruses in in uh, in in Iceland. So there's no one left. And um, and this is the um, this family in in charge of this is uh, of course um, the Black Viking, but it's also the family of of uh, of Eric the Red's wife, Tjulhil. And uh, where they hunted the walrus, it's exactly where where um, Eric the Red and his father had his farm in Strandi up north in Iceland. So he, he would have known about all this. And I would have known that they, these walruses had disappeared. Mm. And, and where did they go? Uh, probably west or north. So Away I, from I, people, I, I reckon. Away from people. And I, I think he, that, that was his plan all the way. Because when he leaves Iceland, he says to his friends, well, when I come back, I'm, I'm going to, uh, to help you. So it's a, it's like he knows he, he he's going to 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 achieve something in this new country, and when when he spends his his three years uh, as an outlaw going up north up north further and further north, it's uh, it's because he he he's looking after uh, some something up there, mm. and uh, new science says that the the um, the walrus teeth the ivory in Europe. Uh, if you take out today from museums, from chess pieces or anything, uh, you could take out the um, isotopes from from uh, from the material, and you can find out where did where did these walrus where did they live, because you could find out what what they ate, and mm. uh, and now just some years ago they found out that well it's it's in the disco area in Greenland. Uh, and it came ivory walrus teeth from there, from around the year thousand. And uh, the only solution is that uh, 
it's from Eric the Red and 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 uh, his mm. society in uh, in North Greenland in Western Greenland. Um, and the reason when when after three years he goes back to Iceland again, but not to settle in Iceland, because he used then the whole winter to to um, to try to co convince people to go with him back to Greenland. Right. And it's a success because uh, the summer after he's followed by um, they are, uh, altogether there are 25 big ships and 800 people. And Iceland this period might have been just 15, 20,000 the population. So 80, 800, that's, that's a lot of people. And this is, again, not poor people. This is people with the big ships today, mm. like, like millionaire ships. Um, and they sell their big farms, many of them, uh, in Iceland and follow Eirik the Red, the recent outlaw, mm. uh, over to Greenland. Because of what? Must be some from, something valuable that he has discovered in, in, uh, in Greenland. Um, and then... They set up a society because uh, southwestern Greenland, all the all the area up to Disco, it's uh, it's got no population at this time. You, sh uh, you should mention as well that during the travel from Iceland to Greenland, there is an accident at sea that many people yeah. drown as well. So, so it, it, it might take a week the whole travel because. The, when they hit the landmass in the east, Greenland, they didn't call it Greenland. Hmm. They, so the, they, they said that they're halfway over to Greenland. So what they call Greenland is the green fjords on the western side right. of the island. Um, and uh, this crossing from Iceland to, to, to the ice on the, on the east coast is very risky. You see it all through uh, the history of North Greenland that um, it's... Um, it's very risky. So people, they don't, they don't just sell their farms, give up their life in Iceland for something. They also risk the journey over. And they, it, it's, 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 it's described as when the, these, the 25 ships go out, when, when they're close to Greenland, it comes three great waves, maybe tsunamis. And mm. uh, 11 of the ships that just disappear in the sea. So out of 800 going up from Iceland, just 400, 450 people, they arrive at the western side of this new country. And then each chieftain, he, gets, uh, he takes land and he gets one fjord each. So it, it's, um, it's called um, Harjolf's Fjord. Because mm. one of the chieftains is called Harjolf, and Eirik's fjord, and Einar's fjord. Uh, so one big fjord each. Uh, and um, of course, um, they got one big ship with up to 40, 50 people in one ship. And they start the society in one fjord. And it is a, it, there is a big society with all the fjords and all the chieftains with their men. They meet at the thing meeting, the small parliament, just to to sort out the big society. And this is how they built a, a free state from, from, from the bottom uh, and uh, from nothing. Because this area, it's been populated by, 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 by people from, from America, uh, actually people coming over from uh, Siberia mm. for thousands of years. 
And, and the last inhabitants in this area in Greenland, southwest, is the Dorset people. But, but they left this area um, in, in, uh, in uh, uh, 200 AD. So uh, seven, uh, 800 years before. So it's empty. So, so they could take land and build this society from nothing. And they had no enemies at all. Mm except from the strong winters and uh, <laughs> so on. But, um, but, uh, but uh, the climate would have been quite warm, and more or less as today, maybe a bit more warmer than today. So, um, so but, but it would, would, would get colder uh, some, some um, centuries later. So, uh, so, and this society, they built it up uh, with chieftains, in the fjords, and and uh, and they exported uh, walrus tusks, walrus teeth uh, from from the hunting in the summer and uh, up in the north. Uh, and this society survived for five hundred years, the and... same period of time as from Christopher Columbus until Donald Trump. Mm. And I, we should mention as well because I didn't know you have a train to catch today. So, so I sorry, I fell, fell out a bit there, but I'm gonna. Try to repeat it because I do know you have a train to catch, so you have to move on. And of course, the inevitable Christianization of Greenland, as you mentioned in the beginning, is uh, a fascinating story because this Eric's wife eventually, because she can become Christian, she refuses to sleep with him because he isn't, he's still a pagan. He refuses to bow down to Christianity. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's where um, his son, Live Eriksson, or leave the lucky. He, he he's involved, and uh, and the king I started with, Olaf Trygvason, because um, Live, he uh, he's the the oldest son of Eric the Red is uh, Torstein, so he's home uh, home at a farm and hunting up north with his father. And Live, he uh, he um, he he buys a big ship and he goes to Norway. And uh, he uh, then goes in, in the army in, in, uh, in, under this Olav Tryggvason. And then, then he asks him, could you go to Greenland and Christianize them? And then he, he drifts, of course, and, and he hits uh, a land he's never been there before, as it's said in, in the saga. And it's, uh, it's uh, wine grapes there and big timber and, and, uh, and barley and, um, and, and so on. Um, so he discovers Vinland when he's really trying to bring Christianity to Greenland. And when, when he comes back eventually to, to Greenland, his father is, is negative to this uh, new, uh, new Christianity. So he says, um, no, no, no. But his, uh, his mother, Sjodil, she built a church there in, in Brattalid, Eirik the Red's farm. Mm. And then Sjodil says that, uh, well, I want to sleep with you uh, as long as you're, you're a pagan. <laughs> so that's, <laughs> the, that's the, the story. And after that, they, they got several, they start... <clears throat> they more or less the problem with the south uh, western Greenland is um, it's more or less no trees so they got no timber and they got uh, it's not possible to pr produce iron that's a problem and they got no um, no uh, um, uh, lumber 
no and, and and they 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 a very important part of the viking society is the beer the drinking mm. uh in, in uh, and, and, and the drinking parties because every chieftain is supposed to have a big party with uh, lots of beer and uh, <clears throat> but it's not possible to produce beer in greenland right uh, but all these things that they, they are missing the problem is that they 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 have to rely on 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 uh, on on the ships coming from Iceland and Norway, and it's so expensive for them to buy what they need: iron, beer, mm. uh, and and so on. And then they discover the land with wine grapes, alcohol mm. that they could use to replace their the beer have, mm. for having these big parties that is expected of a chieftain. And it's uh, it's timber, and uh, of course it's possible to 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 produce uh, iron in in this new country that discovered further west, and and that that, that that's why Eric the Red and his children they are interested in in uh, in creating a colony in uh, in this new country, uh, and 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 uh, in his lifetime, after the first uh, discovery. By uh, live, it's a big expedition that goes out in about 2000, 2003 with three big ships and um, with uh, 160 people on board. And, and we should mention, I'm sorry for interrupting you there, but we should yep. as well mention that he's quite old at this point. He's about 60 years at this yeah. time of age. And that's why probably why he stays at home. Mm. He, he doesn't follow uh, this new colony. And uh, it's uh, it's headed by a man. Oh, two of his children, Eric the Red's children, is, is participating. It's Thorvaldur and, and his daughter Freydis. And also his, uh, his, um, uh, his daughter-in-law, Gudrid, which is quite famous. They go to find Vinland and to settle there, and they bring all all kinds of animals and and um, and uh, also got some ships that are supposed to go back to Greenland with um, with the comedies that they they need there. So um, so, but but it's not a success because uh, they are used to when they go to Faroe Islands, Iceland, Greenland, so on. Just to, the, these areas they find. They are empty, no people. But then they realize it's it's full of people in this uh, area in West uh, mm. where the wine grapes uh, grow. The Native they, Americans, they, of course. The Native Americans, and this is we got no chance mm. because the population in Greenland at the time it might be just twelve, thirteen hundred, mm. and when they go one hundred and sixty, it's ten percent, mm. more than ten percent of the population. Just just this expedition. And when when they realize that the, the, the natives here there are thousands, mm. um, it's not worth the risk. Mm. So that they, they gave up the whole thing. Imagine so, how different history would have been if they actually had settled down and made a colony in America. Imagine how different it would be then. Yeah, but but a lot of Americans today in the U.S. also in Canada they they believe it was so. That it, it was so, that mm-hmm. they they stayed be, there, and they believed it was a colony, a Norse colony in America in the in the 14th century, because they they have a need for creating uh, mm-hmm. a past 
connected to themselves in America. Right. And when the Scandinavians went to America in, in the 19th century, they were a minority. And then they discovered, well, our ancestors, they've been here. They mm. discovered this area uh, 500 years before Columbus. And, and, and then you got these, uh, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's the only traces uh, from, from these expeditions is in, uh, on the northern tip of Newfoundland. Mm. That's uh, Lance or Meadows. Uh, where it's three big longhouses mm -hmm. uh, in, in, in the Viking Viking style. And they found nothing in, in the US. But of course, the need for finding something, finding a past connected to this, uh, uh, this uh, saga, um, saga world, uh, something, <clears throat> the need is, is so strong that they invented some mm. uh, rune stones like the Kensington stone mm. that is supposed to be from 1362. Mm. And uh, all over uh, uh, <clears throat> a lot of places in, in Canada and in the US, you, you can, it's Viking festivals and it's rune parks and it's Vikings. And <laughs> mm. so someone calls this, is the, this is the plastic Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a, it's, a, it's a modern phenomenon. But, but, mm. but it, it's, uh, it's connected. Mm. Like you said, we have to run up because unfortunately we don't have the time. Because like you said, you yeah. have a train to catch. Yeah, I have, and I, I, could, I could easily talk another hour about this. <laughs> but uh, before we go, do you have anything you want to promote? Any social media you want to talk to? This is my yesterday has been Aston Morton has written Eric the Red. If you listen in to this in Scandinavia or can read in the region. This book is an absolute must read among the other books that he has written. So do you have any social media and anything you want to promote and the names you want me to put in the description below? <laughs> no, it's it, just me, my name on, on, on Facebook. But uh, my publisher and my agents, they're trying to sell it to, to a translation in English now. And I mm. think it, it's, all, it's already sold to Germany. Mm. So, um, and uh, it's supported by the state to try to fund the uh, translation into English. Mm. So I really hope it, the, the, in, in next year or the year after it's possible to read Eric the Red in English because it's a, it's the only book about him written in in, uh, in since the sagas, so uh, so I hope hope for that. <laughs> yeah, crossing our fingers. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> My name is Adam. This has been Well H Twelve. We are available on social media on Instagram and Well That H Twelve. You can find us on Twitter Well That H Twelve. So please like, share, and subscribe. Check out some other episodes that we have written, have made, sorry, not written. And uh, if you are on iTunes, please consider writing a little review. That would help us out a lot. My name is Alan, and I'll see you next time. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.